You're listening to ND Fan Radio on One Foot Down, part of the SB Nation family of blogs. To keep my hands on myself. Happy Halloween, ladies and gentlemen. ND Fan Radio is back on the mics. Hopped up on Sour Patch Kids and Snickers bars. Yep. Oh, <laughs> you know it. Did you guys teach your kids about taxes tonight? That's the game? I do it every year, every baby. Year, no, I, actually, I didn't. I didn't even see him because I was at Mass. You were? I was at the vigil for All Saints Day. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, gotcha. It's a holy day. Now you got to go to church. Yep. 6-15, Tomorrow's All Saints Day, really? Yeah, there you go. It is every year. Rearrange your schedule. I got a meeting in the morning. That's why I had to go tonight. I'm, I'm supposed to be in Dayton, Ohio tomorrow. I'm going to have to hit mass up there, I guess. Or confession. There you go. Get your mind right, dude. There confess you go. for all those 7-5 and five predictions you made on our <laughs> podcast this year. How about that? All Hallows' Eve. I am Irish Titanus, my brother to my left. Andy McFly, cousin JJ on the right. Here to recap the uh, Notre Dame-NC State football game and a slight programming note, if you hadn't noticed already, that the show has been bumped from Tuesdays to Wednesdays. Not because we suck, although... <laughs> That's a distinct possibility. <laughs> no, this was, uh, this was discretionary on our behalf. We're, we, we're jinxing ourselves by bumping this to see the playoff show. We're, we're definitely jinxing ourselves. You're probably happy about that, then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you weren't the one that suggested it. <laughs> guys, Guys, I this is going way too well. Let's move the show to Wednesday so that we can incorporate playoff rankings into our discussion. Oh, train wreck. For two weeks. So this is, is, is this the one foot down number three podcast in the country? Is that what we are now? I, I don't Third know. Third ranked podcast? Fighting Irish are number three in the playoff rankings. That's exciting. That's exciting. That was unexpected. This is... I would have bet a lot of money about four weeks ago that we would not be in the playoff talk. Well, yeah, we've got uh, we've got takes over and over and over of you swearing that Notre Dame was going to lose four of the next five games. They were going to win, you know, they were going to win one of the four. Something's uh, different, man. They were definitely going to lose. I know you said they were definitely going to lose to USC. True. Um, I mean, there is a slight statistical probable, you know, chance that they could go seven and five. I don't know if uh, a meteor strike, if, if Elko and Chip Long both, you know, disappear. What if we lose to Wake Forest? They could. I who who the hell knows at yeah. this point. It's bizarre world. Yeah, the, like something is so different. Brian Kelly, I rewatched the game. I watched something it twice. singular. Some, like many things yeah, are different, obviously. But Brian Kelly, when they had the punt blocked, like they showed Brian Kelly. I'm like, show Brian Kelly, show Brian Kelly. I'm just waiting for him to be have purple face meltdown. He is sitting on the sideline, like he's watching waves come in on the beach on vacation. Like he's yeah. so calm, and yeah. I'm like, who who is this man? What, what who is he? What, what I know where you're going. Animatronic. <laughs> Kelly 2.0 is, you know, Chuck E. Cheese, they're selling all the old animatronics. Did you guys see that? And they just put the they put the Kelly skin on it. It's yep. not even him, dude. Take, the real Kelly is tied up somewhere get, murmuring get a, through, a, through a mouth muzzle. Get a, ra- get a saying, ratchet. Get a ratchet. Take the banjo off and put a Brian Kelly mask on right, it. Right, exactly. Strip down the overalls and put on some Under Armour gear. <laughs> It's just it is it, it I'm I'm glad cousin JJ said that. It's interesting to watch Kelly. There's no doubt that whatever you want to call this whole kinder gentler 2.0, we've talked about it. Before we even talk about the product on the field, his demeanor is different. We have seen an evolution of sorts with Brian Kelly. I mean, and based on the result this year, there's no way to say it hasn't been a good one. Um, a progressive evolution, but he is different. And and one of the things we did say, which I guess this is me starting to justify the fact that we have to essentially belly up to a bar full of crow every week, but 
I always said the only way this is going to turn out right for Brian Kelly is if he makes dramatic changes in his own tendencies. And I think, to be fair, we've at least covered that aspect. This team is running at a clip that his team never has. We have some compelling stats that says this team is playing better defense than 2012. I mean, it's 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 just mind-boggling. And whether you want to chalk it up to the coordinators or Kelly's, you know, some sort of rebirth, it doesn't even matter at this point. But nobody can say, um, you know, some people on Twitter are kind of taking a couple pot shots like, oh, it's time for you guys to apologize or whatever. And I get that, but I don't. My biggest thing is I don't get that at all. Here's what nobody can tell. Here's what nobody can argue to me whatsoever. This is what you cannot argue. If you think anybody that's podcasting out there or blogging or making predictions should apologize, nobody can say Kelly's doing this with the exact same mo that you guys blasted for the last five years. That's not true at all. He is. He's fundamentally different. And at that point, why even call him Brian well, Kelly? He's a different. The whole thing is and, different than anything he has done. And I think overconfidence is is a scary thing for me. I mean, again, statistically, there's no reason any of this should be happening. I'm happy it is. I'm excited. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if we lost to Wake Forest. I wouldn't be shocked if we lost to Miami or Stanford, for that matter. And, my, and I said at the beginning of the year, my— You just want them to lose. No, I don't. I don't at all. That's not true. Erroneous on all accounts. Erroneous on all accounts. My my goal at the beginning of the season, I said my, my metric— was making the playoff, and it's year eight. We have enough talent to do it. There's no more excuses. And so, yeah, you go out and we crap the bed against Wake Forest, or we lose but, one of these games that we should not lose one more game this year. And if we do, it's a failure in my well, eyes. Okay, I, I would agree with you as well. I mean, four weeks ago, I said they're already higher than every team left on their schedule in Sagarin. But you just said, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost one of those games. That really wouldn't surprise you if they lost one of these next four games? No, what's surprising me is what's going on now. Losing to one of those teams would not surprise me at all. And I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm excited. I'm, I'm hopping I, on the bandwagon, man. It's here's, fun. I, here's the reason I, would, I can't. I would be surprised if Notre Dame loses one of their last I would four beg games. to count a point, sir. Here's the reason I can't go with that. Again, we've talked about this many times this year on the podcast. Couldn't go with what? If I can't go with being surprised that they would lose at this point. Now, let me let me uh, hedge that a little bit by saying, if you go with the macro statistics that you have been bringing forth this year, yes, that makes sense. We are expecting a little bit of reversion to Coach Osinko. But what you've seen this <laughs> year, here's what I want to ask you. What would the... Dia de los Cochocincos. <laughs> how would this look? How would it look that they lose to Wake Forest? I mean, and again, we've gone through the stats. The... The Achilles heel that existed on this team might have been the fact that they had no creativity in the in the run game. That's taken care of. There were there were severe holes on the defense in the past. That's been taken care of. Every single metric is off the charts. They're playing the cleanest, most efficient football. It's like, how would they lose? I'm not saying it's impossible, but I want to know how. Yeah. There's no bad tendency. There's no symptom right now so, at all. Well, and look, I, I went back and looked at – so if it, right now they're eight games in, right? So we're at the two-third point of the season, right? And we talked about Notre Dame's, like, rushing stats uh, at, at the a third of the way through the season, okay, after four games. And, you know, and we were talking about, hey, man, I mean, they're averaging 469 yards a game against the Scrubs, which at the time were Temple and Boston College. And they're only averaging 119 yards against the quote unquote good defenses. That was 55 yards from Georgia and 182 yards against Michigan State. So they're averaging 120 yards. Now, you, you, somebody out there may, may, may or may not think that, that it was fair to, to point that out or not, mm-hmm. or if, hey, that's a cold take exposed. Well, the reality is they were running for 470 yards against two shitty teams and 120 yards against two pretty decent defenses, sure. a, a discrepancy of 350 yards, which is not a small number. What's interesting, what you couldn't tell at that point, I mean, we didn't, we just, you know, it's like, it will be curious to see as they play more good defenses, which we thought, you know, I said, yeah, USC's line kind of sucks, but they're, you know, they're, they're talented as cousin Jimmy, you know, would like to point out to you. Uh, And then NC State, which is a highly regarded defense. It was the number, what, six rushing defense in the nation. That's one that people, you know, thought, hey, this would be a tough game. A lot of people singled it out like this would be the game that Notre Dame could potentially lose. They have NFL talent on their line. They've got some studs, right? And so I went back and looked at all those, you know, then I grouped Georgia, USC, NC State, and Michigan State. So we got four, quote unquote, good defenses. And the rushing yards went from 119 up to 233. Right. 
So right. they they came up uh, over a hundred yards rushing against on average against those four good teams. They've gone down slightly against the other two scrubs, throwing UNC and and uh, and Miami of Ohio. I guess it sucks that they only ran for three hundred thirty three yards against Miami O and UNC and three hundred forty against uh, UNC. But the point is. That discrepancy between the, the the two good teams and the two what we perceived as the two good def- defenses right. and the two poor defenses after four games was 350 yards. Now it's down to 170 yards. It's it's 400 versus 233. And I'll I'll tell you what you run for 233 yards against uh, a, a team in a playoff. I think you're having a good night. No, you are having a good night, and I'll I'll provide a little bit more color because I went down the exact same road because we talked a lot about the ranked teams, the teams of consequence. That's a concept that we said Kelly beats the teams he's supposed to. He's at least progressed to that point, other than last year. But it's about beating the teams of consequence. To to the to fill out what you just mentioned, they are averaging 233 rushing yards against teams that are ranked at the time. Cousin JJ, don't stop no, me. No, th- those teams are also in the current Sagarin top 30. Okay, so I here's the what current I Sagarin top 30. I went with teams that were ranked at the time. So just so you know, but the number is the same: 233 yards average. By the way, that's number six in the country versus ranked teams. Continuing down the line, the overall scoring, they are number six in the country against ranked teams. Their scoring defense is number four in the country against teams that are ranked at the time. Their rushing defense is number 12 in the country against teams that are ranked at the time. And oh, by the way, there are six teams in the country that have played four ranked teams thus far. And Notre Dame is one of them. And Notre Dame has dramatically exceeded all the other teams. So mo- most other teams have played I think, two. I think Clemson's four and zero against Sagarin top thirty. Notre right. Dame's three and zero. So one. I'm going with AP ranked top twenty five, but probably a pretty pretty directional uh, correlation there. But I'm just saying there's only a handful of teams that have played as many ranked teams as they have, and but, one would believe that they would revert instead of excelling. You can't even make that knock on them. I, I mean, J- where are the holes? JJ, I think it was a fair you and I both kind of had, a, you know, some questions in this Michigan State po- after the Michigan State game, Michigan State podcast like, yep. is this smoke and mirrors? You know, they, they yeah, they ran 180 yards was okay, but it was, certainly wasn't, you know, the the 3 fit, you know, 400 yards we had seen before. Michigan State coughed the ball up a lot. So, you know, it's kind of hard to know exactly what you have at that point. It, but from at that stage looking forward, you would think, and I think you may have even said, like, NC State will be a test here. And, Martin, you said, hey, we'll see if Notre Dame can win if NC State doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, you they said were, that last week. They were week, number one you know, in, in giveaways. They, and they had one pick, which is, you know, right? Um, but it, it, before going into this NC State game, you would say this one looks like the stump, could be the stumbling block. Absolutely. Notre Dame thrashed them. They thrashed them. They absolutely. I mean, they pulled the belt off and whooped that ass. By the way, that pick was the first in 340 attempts. That pick was a pick six. Yeah, it was a broken play, but that shows you that's the point. That's the point. We were trying to say, how is this team fallible? Is it the turnover margin? They're playing the best turnover margin team in the country. Oh, by the way, you know, looking a couple weeks ahead, we, the team shouldn't do this, but we will. Miami, Florida also has a very good turnover margin. But again, we talked about if whoever was, was able to stay like what they were, if you're able to win the turnover battle, Notre Dame does again. They get the pick six. They get a dynamic play. Even though they gave one up on the block, I, they're, they're able to produce with defense a dynamic play and a game changer. And look where they are. Like, where is the, where is the, I I just don't where's know. the leak in the boat? That's what I'm freaking out about. Jimmy, you know? I, we hammered on the the 55 yards against Georgia, right? And we were like, this is not good. <laughs> you know, I think Aaron Taylor it, it even true, responded though. to a tweet that I made. I was he like, did. why why is he responding to me? But he, you know, whatever. He just saw it. He's like, hey, be patient. You know, okay, fine. What? I I don't know if that was a lack of execution. I don't know if it was poor play calling because it was so early in the in the season and, and the coaches didn't know what they have yet. I don't know if Kelly was injecting his philosophy or his mentality of maybe we should try to pass more. I, I don't know what it was about that game specifically, but since from from then on, I don't. You could, if Notre Dame was going to get shut down running the ball, it would have been this NC State game, and it didn't happen. I mean, is, is there anybody that can? I mean, I'm not saying like limit it, right? You know, okay, they're not running for 400 yards; they're only running for 250. It's like 250 is not a shitty number. No, it's not. And and Cowherd, do we peak? I don't know if we. Do we but, peak? I mean, is there? An, I mean, 
it's hard to imagine this rushing attack being completely shut down in a game at this point. Right. I just don't see it. And we've been improving throughout the year, which is not very Brian Kelly-esque. I mean, again, That's we're coming through. We're, we're gaining steam. We're playing better. I mean, I, I with my eyes, I watch this team, and it, it's breaking every statistical number in my head. And it's like, how? This, this None of this makes any sense. Like, what is going on? What's going on? Can someone explain? Because it makes no logical well, sense. Even if you chalk it all up to the coordinators, I mean, do we— Let's be honest here. You got a guy that came from Memphis, and you got a guy that came from Wake Forest. Highly regarded, and by all accounts, they're doing a fantastic job. But we didn't exactly go out and poach somebody from Alabama. And again, these guys are fantastic. But are we to believe that the magic elixir for Notre Dame was sitting out there on the sideline of Memphis and Wake Forest, and all we had to do was go out and make a phone call or two? Like It's it's, it's just crazy. But there's so much more than that, and I think this is a worthwhile conversation to have here I mean we can if you want to go into some more of the minutia of the NC State game we can um, it's now Wednesday it's now uh, I don't think t- we can t- because t- it's Tuesday, a, it's a, Tuesday it's night a going formu- into, into Wednesday a- and we got the you know the uh, rankings and all that but I mean I just I've, I would like to maybe look more just on a macro well, basis you have to. yeah right no disrespect to NC State I mean they're not really a heated rival. I mean, we don't need to do the whole Basham thing like we would do with USC. Here's here's the point about this game. This score, it, the game felt exactly like USC. This is formulaic at this point. Notre Dame wins by three touchdowns. They run for 300, 300 yards. They get a turnover or two. They're flawless. They win the turnover battle. They have lower time of possession. I mean, the M.O. Didn't, is being did, repeated. didn't hurt that NC State's best best runner goes down in, like, the well, first quarter. That doesn't hurt. You know what? In, it's kind of surprising we did so well. Josh Adams just had a horrible game. He, ever, he only averaged 7.5 yards a carry versus a season average of 8.9 yards. Let me so. ask you about Josh Adams, and let's go back to that Georgia game for a minute. Do you guys think it was interesting that this was the first game that Josh Adams had more than 20 carries? Did you see that come I, up on the screen? I did. I did see that during the game. I found that interesting. I look. I actually went back and looked at his uh, career, and I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I was sitting, you know, just sitting down in the armchair upstairs, you know, doing. I think he went from like nine nine point seven carries in twenty fourteen. No, no, he went from nine point seven carries in twenty fifteen to I think it was like thirteen. He basically went from nine to thirteen, and now this year he's up to like sixteen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I can't remember if that was before this game or not. But he's still well, not he's e- earned those extra three. He's, this he's, year. But he's still not even averaging twenty carries. Well, and again, and, uh, we and, don't have to open the Heisman box just yet. But let's look at some of these other guys are getting tons of carries. Some of these other guys you see on the national stage. The fact that he first cracked twenty carries in this game with what he's produced this year is insane. And speaking of running backs, I ask another quick question: Is like what what's the deal with Dexter Williams? Like what's the deal with him? Because he he got in for what one drive? I think I saw. He's been hurt all year. I mean, I'm not saying he's better than Josh Adams by any means. That's crazy talk. But I think he's the second best running back on our roster from what it's, I've seen. I mean, look, Jones is Jones is solid. Uh, Jones well, is. So, I so mean, is McIntosh. I mean, it, he looks all right. It, it, they're they're all fine. I, at this point, I mean, I I think you know we we talked early on about. You know, Williams needed some extra carries to to supplement Adams, and that is a nice change of pace. But if he's got a gimpy ankle, it doesn't really matter. Um, and and but I'll tell you, when they go two back, that's nice. And Tony Jones Jr. has done some nice stuff. He from has there. absolutely. So I, I like that. We're deep. I mean, and and Deion McIntosh, hey, if he comes in for eleven carries and starts pounding out sixty yards on right. you, if, if our, you know, your four string backs averaging five or six yards on a on a good defense, now these guys packed it in like everybody else. I mean, that's the. That's the beauty of being if a ranked. Can, if we can circle team. back around just a minute to what you were talking about, of the people like, well, you guys were so anti Brian Kelly last year. You owe the fan. Whoever said we owe the fan base an apology? I thought nobody I, said I, that. Yeah, there was somebody said we. Oh, owe, they did. They said we owe the fan base. Oh, an, I, I an owe you nothing. I've given you nothing but free content from my heart and can, soul. Can fan I say base. something? I will not apologize to none fan of us base. are anti Brian Kelly. We all said the best solution is Brian Kelly went out. We are anti. Crappy results. Turn, turn your laptop down, would you? Dude, what are you? Dude, what are you? What are you new here? I'm sorry. I thought what are you was, doing I, over I, there? Listen, don't spill your light beer and turn I, your freaking laptop. I, this is not light beer. This is diesel. Can okay? you shut down Yangling? Can you shut down hey, Candy right, Crush? First of for all, Yangling minutes. is mule piss. All right, that's not a good beer. It's not. It's whoa, not. It's whoa. not. Yangling's not good beer. Hot take. Fight me, Hot Yangling. Take. Yangling is not good beer. It's America's oldest brewery. I don't. Yeah. What does that mean? Do you it's hate good? America? Well, you, okay. You drink some Russian beer. Great. Over there? I mean, I guess we should just. Uh... Hot take. Let me let me give <laughs> you another edit, hot take. Just edit this out. This B- is before crap. we move on, let me give you another hot take about Dexter Williams. I don't care. 
I don't care what's happened to him. And you know what? That is how good Josh Adams is. And that's how good the other guys look when they're in there. I agree. There was a here's what here's what's happening, I think, in the Notre Dame fan base. We are so used to searching for answers on the offensive side of the ball that we're like, well, where's so and so? He should be yeah. in there. And you know what? Well, I did this. I, went, I went back and listened. You're like, CJ Sanders Absolutely. needs touches. It's right where I was going. I was in the exact same place. You know what? As long as they're Notre Dame's doing the yeah, formula they're doing they now, get, who, who cares CJ how Sanders, they get listen, I've seen flashes of brilliance from CJ Sanders. I'm depressed that I don't see him more but you know what if he's not working right now i don't care i don't care about dexter williams and that's that's a rude now it, it would be real nice bad. for cj sanders to rip off a punt uh of a, a kickoff return it would be in a nice huge, to see dexter williams game. get a big run but look let, let's josh adams you? the josh adams plays that are over 10 yards and 20 yards and 30 yards and 40 yards and 50 and 60 and 70 he do you want me to run it down? I mean, just in case anybody was wondering about Josh Adams, if you're like, I'm not buying into the Heisman stuff, people are just making a slogan with the 33 trucking. Plays over 10 yards, he has 25 of them. Okay, he's 17th in the country. Plays over 20 yards, he has 15, third in the country. Plays over 30, 12. Plays over 40, 8, 58, 67. He's, he's ranked third, second, first, first in the country. He's why are you calling him trucking? It's big play Josh Adams. And yes, there's a thing going on with the line where they're making these huge holes and the screenshots show it. I get it. But wh- at some point, we got to stop talking about Dexter Williams. If you have a guy that's in a legitimate well, nobody's, Heisman, ta- no, nobody's talking about Dexter Williams anymore. I'm just saying during the game, people are like, so where's Dexter? And I'm like, dude. He, he's nice to see for a couple. I mean, for a changeup. Do you listen, think when Tom's in the bedroom with Giselle, he's like, hey, where's your sister here's, at? Here's the point. It's it, it, it's At some stage of the game, it becomes stupid to have Wimbush and Adams in there. That's true. Wimbush went, but he, he looked like are... he tweaked his knee or landed on his shoulder. What the hell happened? He got something goofy happened. Yeah. And, the, and, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. somebody like, hey, maybe they should bench him next series. I mean, next series, we're going in the fourth quarter. Why the fuck is he playing well, right now? I, yeah. And I, I, was I, I see that. And I was second guessing Brian Kelly because when he had the 20 carry thing, he was on TV. I think after that is when he broke off his long run. And when that came on, I'm like, man, we're ahead. Why are they still playing and put down? Dexter Williams and he's good enough. Anybody, but, yeah, put anybody in. Like, well, we, we, I mean, McIntosh can well, grind clock and get yards. Yeah, right. That's but fine. then they rip off a big run, and I'm like, okay, well, apparently knows more about football than I do. So whatever. They're dominant. I mean, they're dominating people. There's no. I mean, it. Yes, we said last week that you know, is Adams that good or is the line that good? I mean, the answer is yes. They're they're both. They, they both well, are. I think they're both are. But. But when when you've got you've got your four string guy in there that's still ripping off six seven yards a carry, I mean I don't know if that necessarily diminishes what Adams does, but I mean I think it does speak to the fact that hey I mean this line is legit. Oh I well, agree. You know dovetailing off that though I've I went back and I've really tried to understand the Georgia game because it makes no sense right the whole thing makes no sense. It's but if you look at that game and you listen to other podcasts and you listen to what we said I mean the line had a very poor game that game and I think our line is the linchpin of linchpin of this team and. And they had a bad game. That's it. They were missing blocks. You go back and watch it. It was terrible. And again, we were out coached. But I, w- but I wonder if part of that too was because of whatever the the scheme or the game plan was for that particular game. Because they were going a lot to the edges. And well, they it was were just, coaching. Yeah, that's they what, didn't I mean, I mean, the weak side. You know, yeah, I, I just I don't know exactly what whether it, or not it, Kelly it, was planning on this. I think it's fair to say Notre Dame learned. More than any, they learned more from that Georgia game than anything. That would seem to be what's happening on the well, field is that they have adjusted from that game in in a way that has been well, remarkable. Let, right, here, okay, let, let's stop for one second here. This is this kind of a lot of flying hands. It was <laughs> for, for, for everybody that says. I, I, I do. I still want to attack this thing of like you guys were so harsh on Brian Kelly last year. We were absolutely. And I don't think any of it was was like unfounded whatsoever. So were the eight teams that beat him. You know, <laughs> here's the thing: if you looked at the if you look at the performance of the specifically the offense, specifically the offense. But if you look at one game this entire season that said this looks the most like a Brian Kelly offense, it's it's the Georgia game. Sure, sure. That one has what looked like the the fingerprints closest to one of the, his previous games. Do you agree or disagree, Jim? I agree. It does. Here's the other thing. God, we've been saying for the last five... I feel like I've been saying for the last five years. I mean, I'm carrying the hashtag RTDB banner pretty much myself three years ago. You know, forever. Run the ball. 
Run the ball. Play some damn defense. Stop thinking you need to go out and outscore people. Stop with the the gadgety, goofy shit that mm-hmm. you do all the time, and you never stay consistent with anything. It it drove us insane. Right. You know, come out ready to play instead instead of trying some massive comeback at the end of the games. Put people away. All the things that we you know you say every critique that we've made over Kelly, which every single one of them was legitimate over the previous years, other than a couple of cheap shots by me saying he's a dick and whatever. He kind of is, but who cares? Football coaches. He's a football coach. I was a football coach. I'm a dick. It doesn't matter. Everything else. the, The here's the thing about this season. Every single one of those things, and then some, has been addressed. Yeah. They all have. So they're like, well, you guys were calling for his firing. Yeah, because nobody saw in seven years the guy willing to change at all. One iota, he's making very minimal adaptations and adjustments. And now, miraculously, in, in 2017, the guy's doing every everything that everybody's been banging on him about nonstop. Oh, by the way, he goes from 4-8 and eight to 7-1 and one and ranked number three in the playoff rankings. And what a better team to make this point you're making than NC State. What a better opponent to make this point. Look at that game from you, last you're year. You're like, this guy's an asshole. He deserves to get fired. He's throwing the ball 50 times in a hurricane. And Everybody's like, oh, don't be so harsh. Well, okay, fine. They came out and ran the ball 54 times, and they ran it down NC State's throat. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you do this in a storm? Who knows? It's a different guy. The guy last year deserved to be fired. The guy this year deserves a raise. I don't know what reality is at this point. Well, and it's hard also to say, like, how can we predict any of this? I mean, I've looked at coaches coaching winning percentages for years, and very, very rarely, if ever, I can't even think of one example where a coach just makes a miraculous turnaround from what he's done and just and just starts killing it this like he's like, doing. Well, we all getting hit, uh, getting hit by lightning on a horse. Totally, <laughs> Kelly. Why are you persecuting me? <laughs> no, you're totally right. And the one example we've seen coaches that won late tenured championship. We always talked about Mac Brown with the transcendent QB play. You know that that type Vince Young, that type of thing does happen. But when specifically when you look at NC State, look. Anybody that says we should apologize to Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly himself, and to his credit, mind you, to his credit, he himself has done more mea culpa about last year than I ever expected him to do. First of all, the guy actually apologized, which was the first step in the, in the transitional direction. He said, I spent too much time distracted with the fundraising. And about what did he say about this game? We didn't even watch the tape. We didn't even watch it. Because why? Because it was that bad. Yeah. So when Kelly raises his hand and says, you know, in so many words, he's not going to say last year was a fireable offense, but he's not podcasting. So we are going to say that. I know you guys are kind of sick of this slant, but just another indicator. I know I'm always talking about the time of possession and people are like, boring. This is where they fast forward probably when I talk about time of possession. I could put a actually put a track break in here so they can skip do, to do, the do, next do, one. Do, do, do. But just in, just in case you were wondering, I've been talking about this all year because I find it mind-blowing. The teams that are ranked at the top of the list in college football rushing are typically teams that have a very high time of possession ranking. You know the names of the top rushers because they tend to be triple option. Navy, number one in rushing, number one time of possession. Army, number two, number six. Air Force, number three, number four, rushing and time of possession. Georgia Tech, number four, number three, right? And you get to Notre Dame and their number six rushing team, and still, after all these games, Notre Dame is ranked 88 in the country, in time of possession, it's a very particular Martin. type of brand of fast running. Martin. Yes, there are big plays. You've mentioned two, it. I get two, it. Touchdown drive, two plays, 60 yards, 20, I know, 29 I know. seconds. It's crazy. But just in case people are like, why do you keep talking about this? I'm talking about this because... Touchdown the, drive, two plays, 77 yards, I, 16 seconds. Look, I love it. I love it. But just in case you're like, why do you keep saying this? Because in 2012... The only other time Brian Kelly seemed to be sniffing, you know, what was going on in the running game and following that trail. The only other time he got really high in play selection with running was 2012 when he had stout defense. That team was ranked number 23 in the country in time of possession. It was a slow it down brand of football that we all very used to in the Midwest. Michigan State does it. Wisconsin does it. Notre Dame used to do it. They slowed the game down. They tried to win a one possession game. And now it's like this 
let's run the ball, but we don't want the ball it, you for are, a long you period are, of time. You are, it's insane. You are still outscoring people, which is kind of what he thought last year, but you're not doing it by whipping the ball over the place. You just keep chugging, slugging at him with a, with a run game, and eventually they just the dam breaks loose, and all of a sudden Adams is going for 80 yards. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up 2012. I did want to mention that. It was in, it was in my, my mental notes that I had in my head. But in 2012, that was a farce. Anybody who goes back and looks at that season and looks at it, we should have beat we should have lost a pit except if it wasn't for a, a bullcrap PI call that went in our favor and we should have lost to many teams. We played a lot of crap teams that we really struggled with. This team this year would beat that 2012 team like we owe them money. I mean they I would agree just with beat that. them down. This well, team is beating teams it's the senseless. Again, senseless. I mean these if you if you rather than just, you know, um right or wrong or blame you know it's like okay you guys said he should be fired and now he's doing great so you were wrong okay I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying he shouldn't right. be fired no, no, at this I point know. no i'm I, what i'm I, not saying he should be fired i'm saying yeah. if we would lose two of our last four games i'm saying he should yeah, still well, be fired even the most i mean you at the end of last year said playoff or bust i i said it this year okay we're well, right and and we are on target for playoff at this point well and i doesn't he, mean it'll continue doesn't mean it'll continue but even so it, with the exception of just a mind Monumental crater. I mean, I feel confident enough in where things are at this point to to kind of re-engage. You know, I mean, I, again, until you, people are like, well, you need to apologize. Well, okay, look, let's let's do more than win six games, right? You know, seven games. How about let's win a major bowl game? That or, you know, that would be a nice start because that monkey's still out there. You've got your ass whipped in the Fiesta Bowl, and you got your ass whipped in the national championship game. So winning a major New Year Six or a, a first round playoff game would be a tremendous start in my book. You know, and listen, if we go to the playoff and we play Alabama and we lose by a field goal, like I can live with it. Yeah, like, right. we're competitive no, on a major scale. We lose to Alabama by eighty four points. But, I mean, but whatever. the thing is, this model that they're doing is sustainable. Yeah, I well, mean, what is the model you speak of? Be run, more specific. Running over every fucking person in front of you until they, they, until they wave a white flag like in a cartoon. I know, I no longer, you know, they're waving their a white flag out of a <laughs> hole. I don't want anything to do with you. Stay the hell away from me. And then you put Dion McIntosh, who just walks down the field. Yeah, the, winning, winning every game by twenty-one. That's the model, and, and not just winning by twenty-one points. I mean. They are emasculating teams. They are absolutely humiliating people. They are running roughshod over everyone. You've it's said beautiful. You've, you've said so many times the way to exert your will, your it's ego, not, is running the football. Notre Dame is one of seven teams listen, in the country with thirty plus rush. How many rush touchdowns have they allowed? How many? Do you know? Two, one. One. Yeah. They've allowed one listen, person. You, this one is, human being has ran the football the, across the, the, the goal most, line on this team. The really? Most, uh, only one. Yes, and they have scored thirty plus. I don't I know. Joe, it was probably an usher. I can't keep saying it. Like there's, there's just no I, hole. I, Try to pick any, this team think apart. Think about it. Anybody who the last, you know, anybody that's been a vocal critic of Brian Kelly, not maybe I don't know, but most people are like, run the ball, stop the run, give us something to to hang our hat on. Damn it! Yeah. And and lo and behold, that's the thing. And I said this last week, and I can't say this enough. I mean, I just want to keep stressing this point, like. This is what people want to believe Notre Dame football is. Sure. Okay? This is a cult. What Brian Kelly 2.0, and I have to call it that at this point because it's such a far depart. Anybody that doesn't, that looks at this and says this is a hallmark of Brian Kelly that you've known every in every day that he's been at Notre Dame up until the start of this, this year is, him. is full of shit. Absolutely. This has, it looks nothing like anything he's That's done. That's what you need to say ever. to the people that say we should apologize. If, if you thought that you saw this coming, you're full of shit. Yeah, you show are. Me. Show now, me your you timeline. may have thought that Brian that uh, Brandon Wimbush was going to be some tra- transcendent QB and they were going to have some Oklahoma State you know uh, season where they're outscoring people sixty to nothing sure. because that's probably what Brian Kelly envisioned. You know, at least that's what he was envisioning last year. But if you saw this coming, I didn't even see this coming. And I'm the biggest proponent of this kind of football there's been. Right. Okay. Right. I, it just doesn't see. But here's the thing. Think about Rich Rod at Michigan. Not a schematic fit. It's just what Rich Rod does is that's not what people at Michigan will embrace. And in Arizona, it's fine. 
but nobody at Michigan wanted to see that. Matt Rule, I'm concerned about him. What he did at Temple looked very much like what Notre Dame does this year. And he's going to Baylor in the Big 12. That's not it just it's what he schematically his brand of football and defense, it just doesn't it just yeah, doesn't it, doesn't, fit, it yeah. doesn't make sense there. Harbaugh, he was a fit at Stanford. He's a fit at Michigan for what he does. Now he may suck, right? And I mean, I didn't see Michigan in the in the playoff rankings here. But but Harbaugh's not going to go to or <laughs> but, but Harbaugh's not going to go to Oregon and do what he's doing at Oregon. They're not going to embrace that. And and the thing about Kelly when he came into to Notre Dame is the spread at Grand Valley, the spread at Cincinnati. What he wanted to employ there, it's like guy, this is tight end you. It's not Florida. This, that's not what this is. Right. And it and that's why people never really latched on to him. And it took seven years for him to figure it out. And the closest thing we ever saw to it is highest running percentage ever, and the closest to playing run defense ever was in 2012. And they went to and they went to national championship. Now they were still kind of an imposter that year and Alabama pulled, pulled their pants down in front of the whole nation and spanked them but this is different that not only is this the kind of football that that fans have been clamoring for it's the type of football that fans will embrace okay and I, I look you can see it from me the whole the the whole uh narrative around everybody I mean everybody's feelings for Brian Kelly is shifting quickly quickly hey it, no, NC State doesn't need to be a scary game. This tough running defense and number six in the country, hey, we don't need to be afraid of those guys. Not at all. The, there's no secret. You said we should be able to call in. You said this last week in the show. We should be able to call NC State. Hey, we're running the ball 40 times. It is what it is. They ran, they, they ran down there. I mean. 300 plus. I mean. It was, uh, I'm talking like. Absolutely. I need, I, like I've, I need a cold shower after watching that game. And like it you is said. The beautiful. Ba- yeah, and the backups are doing it. You and know. It's, and and it's, it sounds corny to say. And this is Notre Dame football. This is the type of football that people want. Okay. <laughs> and, the ex- and, the, and the icing on the cake is you got people manhandled by 28 points at halftime. So all the gold seeders can take off and get home before, you know, before the game's even over. Right. And they're right. doing it. Trust me. Cause I talked to them. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> funny. You mentioned, you, you mentioned 2012 and it's like, they were an imposter on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, the defense was legit. I mean, let's be honest, but I, I took a look at some of the more ancillary stats maybe versus 2012. Cause a lot of people are like, Hey, look, the fact that Notre is running the ball is kind of the big headline right now. But when you're, Honestly, look at the 2017 defense. They're a special bunch as well. And some of the some of the stats that are outside of the scoring defense or whatever, the yard points that we've looked at this yard year. Yard points. This year, this team has 6.25 tackles per loss. In 2012, for the entire season, they had 5.3 per game. So we have more tackles per loss, okay? Sacks, very comparable. We have 2.38 sacks this year versus 2.5. So they have more sacks in 2012. Interceptions per game, we have a flat one. They had 1.23, so a little bit more uh, interceptions in 2012. Uh, forced fumbles. We are currently we have we have forced as many fumbles at this juncture as the entire 2012 team had forced. Passes broken up 4.13 this year versus 2.61. 2012 was a very stout rush defense, if you recall, but this defense is even better against the pass. It could be argued. Quarterback hurries again. A lot more pressure on the quarterback. 5.75 per game. 3.46 in 2012. Some of those stats may not really whiz, bang, wow, shock you, but the point is we, we we were so used to talking about 2012 as this defensive thing that was beyond reach for Notre Dame and certainly beyond reach for Van Gorder. I mean, we all know the story with that, but now all of a sudden you have a new guy, first year. We weren't really keying in on any of the players as being these superstars. We don't have a Teo. We don't have a Jalen Smith. You know, we got a guy like Drew Tranquil. We we're like, you know, where, where's the where's the beef with him? I mean, it was like, when's he going to start producing? He's had a phenomenal year. This is this is defense by committee. They look great. It's not quite that flashy, but the pick six. I mean, just the logic of the team, the intelligence of what you're seeing on the field. These are all the things we railed about. There's these weird stats that have accompanied this team this year. For example. In opponent penalties, right, opponent penalties, Notre Dame ranks fourth in the country. Now, Notre Dame doesn't rank that high in the penalties that they've been charged. They're 55th in the country. But every single game this year, the whole thing averaged out. Notre Dame gets an extra 30 yards per game from the penalty margin. So the other team is committing more penalties against Notre Dame. Notre Dame's committing less. It's all these hallmarks that we've railed against. They're they're forcing the other team to make more penalties. The special teams look better. Oh, don't mind the block kick, you know, but I mean, the field goals, all these things, they look, they look good. I mean, I'm again, 
The skeptic in me is like, where do I pick this team apart? Let's put myself in the mind of a critic. If I'm Cousin JJ, how do I dismantle this? And I can't do it. Can you do it, Cousin JJ? Is there, what? How how would a loss happen? I mean, I, I don't want to be so like, we're, on, we're invincible because they're not. They're not, but it's like, how does a loss well, happen? If you're playing devil's advocate, I mean, you look at you look at this the talent on the teams that we've played. Georgia was eighth ranked talent for your recruiting class average. USC was ninth, as cousin West said. I, I don't diminish it because you know I know they had injuries and their their line was diminished. That's fine, um, but at the end of the day, if you were playing devil's advocate, which you know I do on on many occasions and I enjoy doing, um, Georgia was at full strength. Uh, I know they had a, a young QB, but eighth ranked recruiting class talent. They're definitely the, by far not even close to the best team on our on our our schedule. Uh, so if you're playing devil's advocate you look at this and you say okay you make the playoff and you're playing Alabama or you're playing Georgia again or you're playing a Clemson team who has is really good talent and, and good defense then you look at it and you say okay uh you know yeah we're blowing out 13th ranked team 14th ranked team that's great that's fine that's awesome teams with you know 15th 20th ranked talent that's great you know NC State was 44th ranked talent that's awesome, but if you're playing devil's advocate, you say, yeah, even me, I have this little lurching thing in the back of my mind. Is like, how do we look? Can we do it against the best of the best? Because we know what Brian Kelly's looked like against Urban Meyer, against Nick Saban, against Jimbo Fisher, and it don't look good. But every single one of those times, like, this is different. They got this I, is different. I, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it feels different. It just feels. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know, man. Here's the, here's the only thing. You tell them, Martin. Honestly, it's different, right? This is the only thing I can think of. There's this curious thing where every single time Notre Dame's played somebody this year, some of the best players on the other team have been injured. That's honestly the only thing I can think of. And trust me, none of these injuries are enough to say that Notre Dame is a bad team and they just got lucky. But you have to admit... We played Georgia. Their quarterback was out, right? So they had they had a new guy back there in the pocket. That did happen against Georgia. Everybody made the case about USC. They were banged up. Yeah, so be it. I don't know what the story is with Love, if he's going to be around for Stanford when they play. But, you know, if you wanted to call Wake Forest a trap game, did you? they have a big injury, right? They're, 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 they're <laughs> Dorch. He, he's, he's a phenomenal receiver. One of he's their out. best defensive and offensive players are both they're, out. They're yeah. one of the best offensive players for him, which is too bad. He's out for the season. He, the guy's undergoing surgery. And you look at NC State, clearly decimated by injury. So, yeah, but look, that's part of football. I wouldn't say decimated. I wouldn't say NC State was decimated. No, no, North but, Carolina. Sorry, oh, I missed oh, both. North Carolina decimated by injury and by scandal. Um, yeah, sorry, I had to get that in there. But, again, that's part of football. When you get eight games into the season, you're going to play against teams that don't have have everybody on the roster and Notre Dame's had to deal with that themselves in the past so I don't apologize for it yeah. it's the only thing I can think of is do we get Stanford without well, love I don't know I, I mean but it doesn't matter they're going to beat Stanford with or without Swarbrick him Swarbrick said 2015 was one of the best coaching jobs that he ever saw and I've hammered Jack Swarbrick repeatedly about that particular season specifically because I believe that they lost to the three good teams that they played that year. So I sure, I don't sure. think that that's that impressive. Personally, you you lose 2015. Yeah, they were one in one in three against the four I, teams. I say that you lose ranked. to the three good teams you play. Well, I mean, what's so exciting about that? But that was the year that uh, Zaire broke his leg, right? At the beginning, yes, Virginia. in the Texas yeah. game, right, or in, the, in Virginia. Virginia? Okay. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm like, you know, Swarbrick's out talking out of his ass. And that, I mean, yeah, they had 10 wins, and so you can't be mad about that. But they lost to the three good teams, the three legit teams they played, they lost to. Then I see Florida State this year, who lost their quarterback. And I'm like, holy shit, is that, I mean, maybe. Listen, Florida State, our, one of our, our Maybe cousins. that was, maybe I'm missing the boat here, and that was a tremendous job by Brian Kelly because I look at this Jimbo Fisher having Francois being out and they've got what I thought was a decent defense and that's an absolute grease fire. Yeah, it's a grease fire. And we have a cousin who's a huge Florida State fan, so I actually have some knowledge about Florida State. Florida State's like it makes he's, no sense. He's more your cousin than he is my cousin. He, stop it. Stop it. Anyways, 
He and I agree. Florida State's a dumpster. They're a grease fire, as you said. And their defense coming in, they have talent. Nothing explains their, their, their defense Their D looked performing. legit against Alabama. It, well, it did look legit, but nothing explains their meltdown. But this isn't the FSU podcast. They're about where, Florida, where Michigan is in my book. So I'm, I'm enjoying every second of this, and I really don't But care. if you talk about what my brother just said, 2015, was it such a great coaching thing? Whether or not that's true, here's the only problem I have with that. That's the old Notre Dame paradigm, which is make it look good. Make it well, look that's what it is. And when you got Will Fuller, it's easy to make it look good. Hey, like, Deshaun, just throw it as far as you can, and Will's going to go get it, and he's going to make you and me look good. Right. I'm going to get a contract extension, and you're going to go to the NFL. But why did Notre but Dame... that's not what this year is anymore. No, you're not wrong at all. But look at look at 2012 and look at 2015. 2012, a lot of people would say, what are the two best years of Brian Kelly? It's a no-brainer, right? 2012 and 2015. But we've already said in this podcast that both of those had a Cousin certain— Cousin J.J. shaking his head, by the way. But they, they, both, they both had this like this veneer that we've always seen where it's like in 2012, you know, the whole the whole domino effect came—it came, all came crashing down against Alabama, and the better part of all of us Jupiter knew it was— was aligned with Pluto. We all knew it was going to happen. And in 2015, what Swarbrick is saying is— in the traditional Notre Dame paradigm, stuff hits the fan at yeah. the beginning of the season. We, made, we have injuries. We made it look more than respectable. It's it's the Catholic tradition of we suffered through adversity. Here's the difference this year, okay? This team is a contender. I don't care how you slice it. We've given you stat. I've given you every stat I could possibly find. Do you want to find how they're ranked in rushing, scoring, offense? I thought you were going to say, do you want to see how they're ranked in Russia? I it was like, here matter. we go. Now we're like, <laughs> fake now we're news. Now, Mueller says that Notre Dame would we, be ranked number four in Russia. Now we get to the real reason, you know, Josh Adamski. Excellent, Smithers. Here's the thing. I, w- with my limited football knowledge, I can't pick this team apart. So here's here's the difference. There's one thing to say, the best coaching, and I agree. It's like, okay, you did a great job with adversity, but that's not what's happening. What you need to do is create a system that runs at optimum efficiency and gets you into the playoff. And for the first time in a long time, what we are seeing from Notre Dame is a contender. We're seeing a contender. We're not seeing, hey, we made it look good despite some of the some of the road bumps. I mean, first of all, uh, the the strength and conditioning appears to be a real thing. I mean, they look like they are physically dominating people, and you don't necessarily have to be like super strong to make somebody like you know totally pack it in. You know, like if I you, love watching Claypool's Twitter of him but, pancaking but, but yeah, people, that, that's putting what I'm people saying. on blast. I mean, part, I love it. I mean, look, part of that is attitude, and part of that is physical strength. I mean, if you just you want to dominate somebody. Yeah, I mean, you don't necessarily have to be stronger than them to if you push them around all game. They some you know somebody will give up at some point, but but as the as the games go on, a lot of times Brian Kelly teams in the past would start to collapse in the third and fourth quarters. They would just kind of start to cave. Whereas these teams seem to I don't know if you could say get stronger, but they at least don't drop off where the other team. Seems to to really nosedive, dude. I, and I think that is a strength and conditioning thing, and I'm curious to see if if that continues not only in an in game basis but also in a season basis. Now that we're going into November, tomorrow's the first of November. Is this team still have the legs? Because you know some of these Brian Kelly teams have collapsed in the month of November as well, right? No, there's no doubt. I mean, Adams has sat out. Everybody's made note of that. He sat out a few quarters, but I I tweeted during the game. This team was up 21. NC State, as my brother noted, had packed it in, and the defense was feisty. They were ball hawking. They all wanted to have their moment. And these are all the starters that are still in. This is before anybody else came on the field. At 21 points, I mean, this is not a team that was like, in the past, Notre Dame would be up 10. And they're all like, guys, run the clock out. We got to get out of here. Like, we have the win. It's 10 points. That is not good enough for this team. They want to hang 50 on everybody. They wanted to hang 50 on USC. They want to hang 50 on NC State. Well, this is at least a defense where you feel like if you punt to Navy with eight minutes left, you actually do have a chance of getting the ball. Well, yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) I mean, and again, like, we're just not seeing those decisions. We're not seeing play to but, but, not lose so, so I, think, I think you got it. the strength None and conditioning it. thing is one thing i think the secondly it, it appears that these coordinators are both now i think that van gorder had the autonomy and the freedom to coach the defense kelly stayed out of that because it's just not his side of the ball van gorder was just a complete tit right so he didn't just didn't know what was going on so it's not it's not a, a big shocker that elko has the freedom to do what he wants on defense but what is a shocker is i th- you know is chip long being able to call the offense here and so if brian kelly 
who I, I don't want to Brian Kelly 1.0 that is I don't want to say he was necessarily screwing games up I don't know maybe like Irish tightness 1.0 would say that you know I'm a kinder gentler tightness this year too right um, but he's he's like look I I don't need to spend as much time coaching let these guys do their jobs Chip Long what he's doing on offense is is probably so far removed from what Kelly ever thought that Notre he would be at Notre Dame it's so foreign to him anyways. And I don't, I'm curious to know, does it burn his ass that it's actually working? He doesn't seem to care, right? He's on a beach. You I've, know? I've wondered if it, it, you like, think that all these asshole fans keep telling me run the ball that, you know, like you guys know better. Fine. Okay, fine. We, you know, Swarbrick told me I'll get fired if we don't go over 500. We'll just run the ball this year, you idiots. You and take then, the playbook. And then he does. And then all of a sudden they're like, holy shit, look at this. You're number three in the play. They're like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> I have this thought that I feel like Kelly has. You know, he's like Evan Williams, neat in my Gatorade bottle, please. No, I, here's here's what I want to know about Brian Kelly. If you take the last version of NCAA football, which I know is not a game anymore, the EA Sports, the last version of NCAA football. Here's what I want to know: in the dark of night, has Brian Kelly crafted this exact team on the roster? Right? He's crafted the exact team, and he put in a bunch of pass plays, right? And he's simulating the entire season on the last version of it just to make sure. Like, so part of me that he's he there's this sick, twisted thought in the back of his mind that's like, I know I could have done this with Wimbush throwing a lot more, but you know what? At this point, trust me, if you're the head coach of Notre Dame, it doesn't matter. Well, what you said before about the fans wanting it, it fits. It's the Midwest. You're gonna, listen, it's people are going to embrace this. The only thing more you could He's possibly do is do it on natural grass. He's com- other than that, right. I mean, it, and what else do people want? But here's the other thing, too. I, I really feel like this has freed him up. Hey, stay the hell out of the way, would you? You know, these guys, you, you've hired – you, Swarbrick, somebody hired qualified coordinators at this point. And may, maybe they're not even the best – maybe this is not Brent Venables or, 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 you know, Lincoln – you know, whoever the hell you think it is. But the fact that we've had guys that have been either handcuffed, pigeonholed, or, or inept – prior to that they just seem so great I, i'm not sure what is really the well key. we've mentioned on previous podcasts how great the e- line either, was now the guy was like either why way, don't we use that line to do <laughs> run blocking either way kelly can funnel his energies into motivation and 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 hyping guys up dancing and doing and and, and the thing with the with the whole era the death of era parsegian it just fits like he's a lot of what he's saying and doing he's basically He's he's plagiarizing era, which I don't even care about. I'm not saying that as a knock. He's just pulling the we have no breaking point. We you know that that, that stuff is all from era, which is totally fine. But if that's his shtick and he can do that, and the coordinators do their jobs, then and and their jobs entail one rushing touchdown and absolutely mauling people like you're coming in on a D nine cat, you know bulldozer. Th- that's fine. Right. That's Notre right. Dame football, and people are going to welcome this. Yeah, I think Brian Kelly finally saw the light, and it's like, hey, at Notre Dame, if you remove all the bull crap that goes along with all the beat writers asking me all these questions, and second, and people asking me, well, is it one possession game or one point game? Or coach, you know how you gonna how you make sure this doesn't snowball? Like he's so far removed from that type of interaction that's just gonna piss him off. I mean, look, he's Whoa. finally seen the light. When you when you win games by 21 and you're in the playoff conversation, like here's what I noticed: the fan base is out there tweeting up a yeah, storm yeah. about how we should be ranked number two and not number three instead of saying fire Brian Kelly, yeah. right? And he's just he's seen the light that the old way, the Brian Kelly 1.0 was overthink. It was it was a six shade of Charlie Weiss's schematic advantage for whatever it's worth. He had to d- reference reference Charlie Weiss. But here's the thing. And I think to be fair to Brian Kelly, he had to understand that, look, you're not going to outsmart anybody at this level of college football. You can do it in the lower ranks. You can outsmart somebody. You can stick somebody at Grand Valley. At Cincinnati, you can run 78 plays a game and, and just blow up the scoreboard. And you can win that way, and you can have some success, and you can, you can kind of bubble up into the top of, of the coaching ranks. But when you, get to, when you get to this level, everybody has the pedigree. Everybody has the players. And everybody is doing logical football things. Look at Alabama. There is nothing... There, there, there's nothing gimmicky about it. And I would argue the only successful team in the past 10 years that's done anything really interesting is Oregon. And look at them now. But like Alabama, Michigan, whoever you want to pick, 
As my brother has noted, they're I, all I doing would, a I would football say, playbook. I, I would say Auburn is somewhat interesting because that's it's true. Got option but principles. you know what I'm saying? Look, Alabama is the best example. They're running a playbook that could have been written in 1895 that, for football, and Brian Kelly finally saw it. somewhat the last few years with the introduction of Kiffy and, and whatever. But, but Kelly has hurts. seen Jalen Hurts. But again, hey, if you can use Brandon Wimbush 10 to 19 against NC State, nah. I mean, it's under 50. It's nothing to you well, know. Now you're saying it. Now you're saying what's true. Do you think Kelly? was the, going to be content in any year other than this. Was Kelly content to have a quarterback throwing less than well, 50% for 100 yards a game? I remember we no. had a podcast. It was probably like 2013 or something. It was like, all right, Reese is going to be the quarterback, and we know he throws picks all over the place. So we we were like betting, like, this is the year. Fine. How many how many thousand-yard rushers will Notre Dame have? I think it was Sierra Wood and Theo Riddick maybe or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we did a preseason podcast where we were just like, because they can't this throw. is finally the year where, where Brian Kelly's just like, okay, the, you know, we don't have the receivers. Floyd was gone or whatever the hell it was, whatever the scenario was. It just everything about it set up like, this is the year they finally just run the ball. And they didn't. And you're like, what the hell? What do you do? Why? Yeah. What is this? Right, right, right. What are you doing? I don't know, man. It, this is, listen, this season it, for me is so much fun to watch. I am just in sheer elation every time they touch they touch the ball. The only thing better for me would be Lua Tua in at H back instead of Smythe. I mean, it just, but they go two back sets, they blow people up. They go one back sets, they blow people up. They throw the ball. They're make, hey, they hit completions when they need to. I mean, uh, Smythe had a pretty decent game here. Three catches for 50 yards. That's that, that's the type of stuff to supplement, you know, uh, this running game. Stefferson is slowly coming alive as a deep threat. ESB is still a little weak going for the ball, but he does have some nice catches. Claypool is mauling people at receiver. Uh, I don't care to see Fink in that receipt. I don't even care to see Fink at, at, as a punt returner. Stefferson but, uh, looks darn good. Yeah, he is. He is. And and you know what? I mean, hey, maybe Stefferson was could have been the difference in the Georgia game. I think that game being the second game of the year instead instead of the last game of the year, it just it would be so different, right? Either way. This seems like a sustainable model. NC State was the game where this thing should have gone belly up if, if it was going to happen, sure. and it didn't. And it didn't. And Cousin JJ, we talked about uh, at, at the Michigan State, like, is this smoke and mirrors, right? And I think if it was smoke and mirrors, this would have been the game where that, that theory was validated, and it doesn't seem to have happened. The only game left on the schedule from my perspective that could maybe expose our smoke and mirrors would be Stanford. I mean, Miami has a good coach, and they have some decent talent, too. So Miami and Stanford both. I mean, that's kind of obvious. But 19th-ranked talent from Miami, 26th-ranked talent from Stanford. I think that both of those coaches are still better than Brian Kelly. But um, I mean, there's no reason we shouldn't beat them. We have more talent. The way we're playing, again, the eye test, which I hate, I hate that, but... I mean, you look at it, it is what it is. These guys look unbelievable. They do. The the thing about this season is it, it could be a fog machine and a, some funhouse mirrors. That's kind of what you think going in the second or third game of the year because there's just... There's there's such a deviation from any game plan or any this is not the system. This isn't like this is the Brian Kelly program that's been in place. And then last year was just one down year where they didn't execute right. that system. Trust this the is, process. This is completely different. Totally the, different. This isn't you know you say trust the process. Well, the process the last seven years is nothing remotely close to what the process is. Right. Here. Anybody that trusted the process up to last year, I think is that it was a fool. That's asinine to follow that because the track record what really wasn't that good unless you're the most homer of homers i mean eight and five come on man be real that's not those aren't good seasons at notre dame yeah. not when you got these kind of lines and these kind of running backs and now it's shown this year and it's like okay fine it's it's a complete departure so you think it's a fog machine and, and a funhouse mirror listen man the, the smoke is coming out of a shotgun barrel, and the mirror is attached to a baseball bat coming at your head. That's what this running game is. Yeah. You know what the most frustrating thing for me about this year is? You know what the most frustrating thing is? Being wrong so many times? Yeah. No, my most frustrating thing for me Yard is, points? Not yard points either, which, yeah, I, I look, go look at Irish Titans, his tweet on the Penn State-Ohio State, Ohio State know, game, man. yard points, and then he just comes back to bite them. Yes, face. <laughs> Regardless, the most frustrating thing for me is that, like Cousin West said earlier in the show, all the stuff that we've been complaining about for years, for years of our lives, years of our lives we complain about has been fixed this year. And it's like, Brian Kelly, you coached for how many years before you came to Notre Dame? And why did it take till year eight to do this? Because he could have done this 
seven years ago. Absolutely. He could have done this seven years ago. And he didn't. Why? But I, I, but here's the thing as, as, as much of a head scratcher as that is, I don't even want to dwell on it at this point. Why bother? Because, because this, this team is so much fun to watch. They are absolutely, I mean, this is like, I have stats on uh, let's, Luke Forrest. Let's talk about Wake because, JJ, I know you want to get this in here. We're running short on time. Talk to me about Wake Forest. They're not good at American football. Uh, it's kind of like the Boston College update. 60th ranked talent, which is pretty close to BC or Temple. Uh, it should be beat downtown population Wake Forest. Thank you for the update. Yeah, their number one receiver got hurt again. A horrible situation. They they, they had a little bit of a they, – they got within two touchdowns of Clemson. Five, I think they threw five you know, TDs last week. I think week. that it's unfortunate that we get punished by having to play Wake Forest and, and we don't get to get the cupcake like Florida State this year. I mean, I think that's unfair. Oh, yeah, you're right. This is a team that has four wins, but, you know, one of them was against, like, uh, Method, Methodist or something. like Not Southern Method, Methodist, Method, just Methodist. Methamine production you, you. Here's my parting shot. Shot. One of the things I think that's most interesting about this year, and th- if you don't believe that Kelly's made a 180, A, you're not paying attention, but B, just in case you need another data point. It's not, it's not even a if question. You, if you include the offensive line, I think it's fair to say that Brandon Wimbush is probably the fifth or sixth most important player on this team offensively I, I right d- now. I don't agree with that. You don't think so? No, now his, I don't. His legs are very important, but here's They're what I'm vital saying. vital to this rushing game. They are, but you know what? This line is... I guess I guess maybe this is a better way to say it then if you want to disagree. Did you ever expect that Brian Kelly would find success with a quarterback flirting with a 50% completion rating, averaging about 100 yards passing a game? I mean, I guess that depends on what your definition of success is because there's plenty of fans who would say that he was successful throwing 20 picks a year with you know Reese or whatever. Well, you mean, you might not be wrong. I'm just I'm just saying that I find it so interesting okay. that Who's the number one most important person on this offense? Josh Adams, period. No, wrong. Jimmy? What, Nelson? Absolutely. Quentin Nelson? Quentin he, Nelson. He is without amazing. A, without He's a amazing. Doubt. He followed me on Twitter for a long time until I just turned into a complete dick last year, and I, he, I don't blame him for that. Well, he's got to... He's got to curate. Keep, keep his right? mind. Keep his mind. Keep his, keep mind, his mind right. right. He doesn't. He I, I doesn't need you in his ear. That's one iota. Fine. But I love that dude for a long time. He's great. Phenomenal. JJ, who's the number one? You think it's Adams? You're looking at me with a rolling eye. I, man, I would argue, and this might surprise you. I think it might be Wimbush. Really? I mean, the way, listen, the, his QBR. Okay, so you're saying he went 10 and 19 last game or whatever. His QBR ratings the last few games have been top okay. in the country and he, his legs are imperative to our success weren't you and, and, the one that was advocating ian book like three weeks no, ago listen, i never <laughs> once said we should bench him and play ian no, book. no i wouldn't say benching him but weren't you saying like maybe we should give him a look because wimbush isn't completing no, passes I, I, oh I, I did that was i no this was after the georgia game i said listen if you're in the third and a half quarter and nothing you've done all day your line's not blocking you can't run the ball wimbush is having a horrific game it's kind of like what brian kelly did against michigan when he benched goals and put in Reese that game. I'm like, just try something different because yeah. you've tried something for three and a half freaking Reese quarters. Reese had a rushing touchdown that game. He by did. The way. I know that was sick. That was the but, ballsiest but call I, ever. I, I think McGlinchey, Nelson are like bang bang right. He has right the same there. number of rushing touchdowns as all of Notre Dame's opponents. I feel this like year. you could put Book in, and you may not win by three scores, but you could still win by a touchdown or two. I just think that Nelson is is he's good. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying he's Notre great. Dame, he's great. Gee, great. But what he's also done. Is we've we've also recruit linemen like crazy. I don't know what it is about Notre Dame with tight ends and offensive linemen, but it's just like we get the no, best. I know in the what it is. They, they don't get in the NFL. Nick no, Martin, Zach Martin, Ronnie Stanley. It's because they don't get cold like position players do. They're big burly corn fed dudes, and they don't get but cold just, when South Bend goes to so, minus twelve. I'm just saying. I'm just saying our season's a lot different. If 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 Wimbush goes down versus if Nelson goes down, I'm just saying it's different. It's a different season, and I think that that hurts us more. Well, we don't need to go down that scary road. I'm just saying I find it interesting <laughs> that Kelly again. It's not just because they're rushing; he's found so let's success. See. So we've talked about we've jinxed the playoff rankings. We've talked about the QB going down. Cousin JJ, is there anything else you need to throw out there <laughs> that that just as a, as to hedge your seven and five bet real quick here? <laughs> well, we haven't spoke of my Brian Kelly voodoo doll yet, so yeah. I I don't know. I just think that again it's just a huge indicator to me you talk about the quarterback of Notre Dame I just argue that it's not the quarterback of Notre Dame right now that I, he's a very important running back for this team yeah, I agree he he's a running back he I know we're getting to the end here let me just say this 
give props to Brian Kelly, what he has done, the change that he has made. I can't. I'm on the hype train. I'm excited about it, it but I am one game away for the rest of the season to the playoff of just being back on depressing. Cousin JJ's a jerk mode. So, like, I, want, I hope we went out. I'm excited about it, but I'm still cautiously optimistic. The, I, I went from last year saying that it was possible but not probable that Brian Kelly would ever win a national championship at Notre Dame. I mean, I think I was ditto. pretty, pretty clear JJ, about that. Ditto. If this formula that they have this year continue, like if this becomes the new mantra of the Kelly era, Kelly 2.0 era, if this is what Notre Dame football becomes, not this goofy chuck it around shit, not get down to Virginia and, and have Will Fuller bail you out. You need to be up by 20 points on Virginia and have 350 yards rushing all over them because they're a shit program with shit talent. You need to be doing that. Yeah. You don't need to be down to the wire against marginal teams. Like he've done the first seven years of his of his you know tenure. If this is the formula going forward, and and regardless of what happens at the end of this year, if this team finishes the year with ten wins, I think they're and, and they. I'll put it on um, paper right here. Mark the tape. If this team finishes the season with ten plus wins, and I and I'm saying this because I researched every team that was in the playoffs and won playoff games. If this team finishes with 10-plus wins and this formula for success with Chip Long and Elko, if those guys don't leave and they do the same, if they replicate this next year, they'll win a playoff game. No, no doubt. They'll win a playoff game. And not only that, if Brian Kelly continues this MO, which there's no absolute reason why he wouldn't, it's just as improbable that he's done this as it is now improbable that he's going to revert back to something old against Wake Forest. I don't see that happening, but I'll I'll go so far as to say this, since we're putting hot takes on paper. If Brian Kelly's team looks like this in terms of play selection, in terms of defense, look at all the recruits lining up now to get back in. If they stick with this formula, I'll move from it's not probable to possible. I will say it is probable it, that he'll win a championship in his tenure because I, I this is the formula that we've preached it, it, it for years. It would at least go back to maybe a coin flip from being like basically no chance. I mean, well, look, we started this season I mean, by I, saying it was what ten percent. Yeah, look, 0%. I mean, Clemson had to play tremendous defense and tremendous offense to beat Alabama, and that it, that you know it would take something like that, a Herculean effort, to go against some of these other teams, right? But looking at our scoring offense and defense, they're essentially like ten and eleven, right? Right now, I, I know we don't want to talk how about do yard they, points. How so. do they look in the yardage? I, I don't even look at that anymore okay, because I don't even make fun do of it know? It's my feelings. <laughs> do you want to know? You said that the gap had to be closed. They are 22 and 34. And the last time you brought up yard points, they were in the 70s. So it's closing. So they've absolutely closed. closed. And so like I said, as long as the gap closes towards the, the scoring uh, number, great. If it closes the opposite way, we got freaking problems. All dials are green, my man. All dials are green. All right. There you have it, folks. Indy Fan Radio and One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. We uh, are happy that you spent some time with us today. Happy November. Go Irish. Noviembre. Have the best day ever. Hey, that's my line. <laughs>